0: In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com.
1: Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
0: Hey, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. Welcome back from Amsterdam. Oh, we missed you so much. Hmm. And when I say we, I mean, I didn't miss you at all. And I miss Amsterdam. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love the pictures and video from the coffee bars. Okay, whatever. On this show, we'll talk to maritime attorney Jim Walker. Yeah,
2: something crazy over the weekend. The feds tried to seize Carnival Triumph in Galveston. So uh, he'll weigh in on that and tell us what exactly happened there and how it got resolved.
0: And then we'll get a consumer side of things from travel writer Chris Owen. The first Stuart here on the cruise guy is here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Hey, man. Who, by the way, is fresh off the Disney Fantasy down in Port Canaveral. How was it?
1: It was like a fantasy and a dream come true. Really? Mm-hmm. The structure of fantasy was just like uh, Disney Dream was, but there were some differences inside. The uh, I think probably the most noticeable was the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique, mm. which, uh, I mean, it was just packed with kids where little girls, little boys, could go in and get, uh, it, was, it was like an American Girl doll store, <laughs> but for real kids. And uh, you know, the, the appointments were completely filled, and there were so many princes and princesses just strutting around the cruise ship, uh, wearing all kinds of different uh, outfits and having taken some really amazing pictures that these little kids just couldn't get enough and you know it really reminded me I did the the ship was amazing guys the the food, the animator's palette, everything about these Disney Dream and Disney fantasy were so greatly improved over. Disney Magic, and Disney Wonder. And they—they they, because one, they had they had much more room to go with. The pool decks are huge. I mean, the, the aqueduct was amazing. I finally did it. Um, you know, the kids had a blast. The kids' program was fantastic. Adults restaurants, Palo and Remy, were just off the charts. Incredibly nice. A really nice experience for the adults to be able to go and enjoy adult food in, in an adult environment. But uh, I mean the, the ship was just amazing. Uh, Castaway Key was was terrific with the the different enhancements that it made. If you're really into Disney, I mean th- there's no better experience.
2: So uh shifting gears, Azamara Club Cruises ship Azamara Quest had a little issue on Friday off the Asian coast. Uh, what happened there?
1: Well, the ship unfortunately had a fire. It disabled uh, it temporarily disabled the engine room. The fire was quickly put out. Uh five crew member uh members were um uh, suffered uh, smoke inhalation. One a little more serious, and uh, he was uh, actually taken to a hospital when uh, they they reached port. But uh, shortly thereafter, uh, the ship did regain power, and then uh, propulsion. The ship went to um, one of, you know one of the islands, and uh, the passengers were able to use the ship as a hotel for a couple of days, or uh, move into a hotel. And uh, of course, they got their money back, and uh, the ship is now being repaired.
2: Did any passengers get hurt, and did they launch the lifeboats?
1: No. None of the ships, none of the passengers were injured, and uh, it was just those five crew members, and all they suffered was smoke inhalation.
0: All right, Rhapsody of the Seas is at a dry dock and back in service after a $54 million refurbishment. What kind of new features can we see, and uh, where's she going to be homeported?
1: Well, she's going to be homeported. She's going to be heading back over uh, to Alaska, and then uh, she'll be heading back to uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand. Um, but uh, the Royal Caribbean's got this huge you know, this, you know, know this refurbishment project, which is actually taking a lot of the amenities and facilities and restaurants that are found on Oasis and Allure of the Seas, and they're moving it uh, and adding it to many of their older ships. Uh, Rhapsody, which came out in 1997, is now also going to have the Royal Babies Program. So they're taking it down from two years all the way down to... Uh, six, you know, they're going to be able to have programs for uh, six month old. And uh, they added a diamond lounge for their uh, top tier uh, crown and anchor members. They're also, they also added a concierge lounge for their suites, uh, their suite passengers and their diamond plus uh, guests. Um, they added uh, Wi-Fi around the ship. So it's, you don't have to be, Hardwired, and yes, Doug, you know, you could certainly relate with me. that We just wish these guys would offer uh, better uh, Wi-Fi service around these cruise ships.
2: Yeah, totally. Any new restaurants?
1: They added the famed Giovanni's Table, which is that Italian restaurant that was on uh, Oasis in Allure, which is just fabulous. Uh, They have the Asian uh, restaurant called Izumi. They added the Park Cafe, which is the indoor-outdoor restaurant, uh, you know, for snacks and salads and sandwiches and stuff uh chops Grill they also added one of my favorites which was the chef's table mm. you know it's usually for about 16 people in a very intimate dining experience which uh it's usually like a five course um meal uh which includes the wine pairing for about uh, $95 per person and then they've got uh, of course the entertainment um that uh, we've seen uh, on Splendor that will be uh in the centrum uh so i mean there's all kinds of of, of really neat uh things they're going to be adding to this uh, when you know she now uh, debuts, so that's, that's going to be a great ship.
2: Let me ask you this: A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to um, Carolyn Spencer Brown from Cruise Critic about uh, specialty dining. You said it was like ninety-five dollars for the chef's table visit. Is that worth it, in your opinion? Well, I, I will tell you that
1: w- because they added the wine pairing. You know, it used to be seventy-five dollars. Then they added it up, up to ninety-five. It's not. It's not unreasonable, Doug, because the it's 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 only for sixteen people. It's in a very intimate. You know, space. Um, the the service is you know almost one to one, and uh, you know they they're just it's it's a very it's a very different experience. Now, you know, getting you know going a little farther, you know into you know with some of these other specialty restaurants where it's like forty dollars per person, Doug. And I, I say you know you can't really call those nominal charges anymore. And when you're dealing with you know two people, it's another eighty dollars. Family of four, it's hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah. And that's really kind of over the top. I mean, there's really no experience. And that doesn't even, that does not include the wine. And it's it's not nominal anymore. And it's just, you know, it's it's nice to be able to offer these additional experiences. I'm, I'm all for it, but it is, and they are incredibly popular, but, you know, $40 on any of these ships, these specialty restaurants is kind of, you know, going a little over the
0: top. He doesn't have a degree, but he is a licensed cruisologist. <laughs> To us. You're on the Cruise Guy. Thank you, Precious. Hey, it
1: is a pleasure, guys. This is Cruise Radio.
0: For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. tripinsurance.com. Each week, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. No doubt this month has thoughts of the Titanic in the minds of many travelers as April 15th marks the 100-year anniversary of the fateful event. From theme cruises to global museum exhibits, the world will surely be remembering in various ways this month.
2: Of course, Southampton, where Titanic sailed from, welcomes a brand new Sea City Museum this year, which looks at the world's fascination with the Titanic story. And Stoke-on-Trent's Pottery's Museum and Art Gallery, which will host guided tours through its Titanic exhibitions and presentations, as well
0: as commemorative concerts. For more, go to VisitEngland.com. From CruiseLawNews.com, Maritime Attorney Jim Walker is with us. Welcome back to Cruise Radio, Jim. So fill us in on what happened over the weekend in Galveston, Texas. Let me let me see if I have this right. A U.S. judge had a Carnival Cruise Lines ship seized over the weekend because of a $10 million lawsuit involving Costa Concordia, which happened in Italy. What? How is that even possible?
3: Well, it's a good question. I, I compare it to kind of a Operation Repo on the high seas. What this entails is what's called a maritime writ of attachment, which is just fancy legal mumbo jumbo for an arrest warrant for a ship. It's like repossessing a car. Here you've got a you've got a cruise ship. Uh, it, it's typically done when a operator owner of a cruise ship owes a debt to a to a third party, and they try to collect upon that obligation by seizing a cruise ship. In this case, you have a Mississippi attorney who hires a Texas law firm, uh, to file this writ of attachment in order to arrest the Carnival Triumph. Now, that type of procedure is appropriate and legal in some circumstances, but here it was really done to try to make a point, I believe, with the cruise line and to try to find some creative way to file a lawsuit against Carnival arising out of something that happened literally in a different country.
2: Well, why Galveston out of all places? Well, my, my belief is that he,
3: he did this for strategic purposes. Galveston is considered by, by attorneys that do the kind of work I do to be a pretty friendly place to represent passengers or to represent a family. Whereas Miami, uh, being kind of the home court for Carnival, some of the federal judges are very conservative and are very, uh, what I believe to be, a bit oriented towards uh, corporations. So it was a good place to file a lawsuit, and then, secondly, he wanted to take away Carnival's home court advantage. They're based here; most of their lawyers are here. And by taking them out of their home turf, I think he thought he was a, he had a better chance of keeping the case alive.
2: So basically, this wouldn't fly in Miami, then.
3: No, it can't. You can't file suit and arrest a vessel uh, in a state where the defendant resides or where they have an agent. Now, okay. obviously, they have lots of cruise ships here. They don't have um, a uh, a, a home office in Texas, and they don't have an agent there, so that's why they went over there to file suit.
0: Is this a case of abuse of power or a publicity stunt on the court's side?
3: Well, the judge had to accept as true what was alleged in the attorney's moving papers. So if you go to a federal court judge, I could do this in, in, in New Orleans or Seattle or any port, and say, this cruise line is not based here in Louisiana or in Texas. They don't have an agent here. And I'm doing this because that defendant cruise line has an obligation to my client. The judge is going to accept that as true, but very quickly, he or she is going to schedule a hearing and give notice to the cruise line and put the burden on the attorney who obtained that arrest warrant to prove why, in fact, the vessel should be seized. Now, here, remember, they filed suit like on a Thursday or Friday, and the judge scheduled a hearing on Saturday, and very quickly, this was resolved between the parties amicably out of court.
2: Well, and how did it get resolved, by the way?
3: Well, it was resolved on a confidential basis, which is a bit strange to me because the attorney who filed the writ of attachment uh, has been quoted in newspapers saying he couldn't get Carnival's attention and he wanted to to take a shot across their bow to get their attention uh, in order to try to discuss with them improvements To their operations now arresting a vessel to try to make a point is a pretty dangerous thing to do because the cruise lines have the ability in cases of wrongful seizure or wrongful arrest to go back against the the attorney and seek their attorney fees and costs and really to punish the attorney for wrongfully seizing a ship In, in this case i don't believe a bond was ever posted okay i think probably what happened is the attorney said i've taken this as far as i can go And Carnival probably went to them and said, if you ever do this again, we're going to sue you. Mm -hmm. So I think we've we've seen the end of trying to arrest vessels in in circumstances like this. And remember, this was a German family that hired an attorney in Mississippi for the purposes of trying to find a place to file a lawsuit. And he chose Texas, I believe, for strategic
2: purposes. And, like, cruise tourism is huge in Galveston. Will, will this have any effects long-term, you think, with the cruise industry there or no?
3: No, I, I don't think so. You know, at the end of the day, I think that the Triumph was delayed about 45 minutes. No one lost any money. Uh, there was a bit of apprehension uh, of the passengers. But I, I don't see any, uh, any attorney ever again filing any type of writ of garnishment or attachment against a cruise ship.
0: Maritime Attorney Jim Walker, as always, uh, thanks for the info.
3: Okay, thank you, Matt, and thank you, Doug.
0: Let's get the consumer side of things. Travel writer Chris Owen is with us once again. Always a pleasure having you, Chris.
3: Always glad to be here.
0: Do you think this thing in Galveston will have any long-term effects on cruises?
4: No, probably not. But what concerns me is more the effect on travel in general. This thing just kind of came out of nowhere. It disrupted the plans of people that were getting ready to go to the ship. There was really not a reason for it. And uh, that's the kind of thing that the travel industry, which is recovering from a uh, recession, doesn't need to have happen at this time.
2: And that's the thing. It just didn't affect Carnival, but it also affected the close to 3,000 people traveling on that ship that Saturday, too.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at you, the people getting off the ship and the people getting off the ship and people getting on the ship, it's about twice that many, really, if you think about it, that could have had their travel uh, plans disrupted for uh, a totally unrelated reason. If it was, if this was a shot across the bow, like they said it was, to get the attention of Carnival Cruise Line, uh, Car- of Carnival, uh, it's like they didn't know what they were talking about. Um, Costa Cruises, Carnival Cruise Line, both uh, both uh, members of Carnival uh, Corporation, but totally unrelated. It's, it's like um, saying that uh, I got sick at Red Lobster, so I'm going to sue the Olive Garden. Yeah. Right. They're right. both owned by the same corporation, right. but uh, they're totally unrelated. You wouldn't even think of it. I thought it was a uh, April Fool's joke to begin <laughs> with. Er- early in the morning when, <laughs> when it first started, start? I, th- I thought somebody was playing a joke. That's
0: right, April 1st, sir. Now, what have you been hearing from cruise passengers and travel agents about all this?
4: well uh, you know as as, as uh, we talked about earlier, it st- sounded like a bit of a joke to begin with, but people got real serious real fast about this as as uh, the news came out and started to uh, solidify um, travel agents t- tell me they had calls from people not only uh, on that ship but uh, people that just sailing out of Galveston in general uh, and and not just That day, but uh, uh, weeks from now, months from now, what do I need to worry about? This is they're going to cancel my cruise. They're going to reschedule my cruise. Something going to happen. You know, people people don't want to hear that sort of stuff. They want to they want to concentrate on. Uh, packing, getting the port on time, making sure they've got their booze smuggled correctly—that's that, all those sort of things. They don't want to know. They don't want to hear about uh, that, that. The ship's not going to sail because of some unrelated uh, problem.
0: Travel writer Chris Owen, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again.
4: Always a pleasure.
0: All right, that's going to do it. Hey, we have an app out now. Just go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. It's got everything you need there. You can listen to the show, get all the cruise news, and uh, it's at the convenience of your fingertips with your iPhone or other smartphone. So now that is the, really the best way to listen to Cruise Radio. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just
1: search Cruise Radio.